Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. My name is Shay Kamerchka, and this is Two Temples, the podcast providing a platform for guests to talk about their psychedelic experiences. We discuss how these experiences have helped us learn lessons and overcome personal issues. My goal is to help end the stigma surrounding psychedelics. You can help by sharing this podcast with your friends and on social media. I believe we can undo the decades of lies about psychedelics and expose their healing potential by sharing story after story until the truth is undeniable. This is part two of the conversation with Nick Klemmer. If you're enjoying the content, make sure to subscribe to the show and check out the conversations with all the amazing guests we've had in the past. Like Two Temples on Facebook for updates on the show and extra content like recent psychedelic studies and trip reports. If you want to share your experience on the podcast, you can email me at twotemplespodcast at gmail.com or you can contact me through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. I'm sure it'll come back to you here in a couple minutes. We could uh, <laughs> we could just go through your experience, and then we could come back to this um, this process. Yeah. Um, let's just uh, yeah. What else do you want to go to than the experience? The five. Yeah, um, I'd like to hear about an experience or two, if if possible. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, I could share my first one with you. It wasn't very eventful, or I don't think. But it was... So the first one was the most visual experience that I ever had. And um, I did it with the non-dual practitioner. And the... I was really, really nervous at the time. <laughs> But, uh, how long ago was this? This was five years ago. This was 2015. Um, the first time it felt like I was falling through layers of fractals at infinite light speed or like, like light speed, like, uh, you know, in the movie when the the spaceship's flying and the stars are zooming past, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh sort of like that but but I was the fractals layers and layers of fractals were just zooming by me at light speed and I was just falling through them and um and then and then I came out of that and became aware of my body again and it basically felt like I was choking on my own tongue for like 15 minutes <laughs> and it was it was really it was really uncomfortable <laughs> so uh, yeah the first experience was not very pleasant for me it was really disorienting and uncomfortable and um <laughs> did you purge at all not the first time oh okay uh, so then you know and also part of this non-dual um therapy is that he's working with me you know, the practitioner is working with me to move all this stuff. And so he's like pressing into the knots in my belly and it's this whole thing. <laughs> and That's super cool, actually. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, so, but it was really intense and painful. Like all the, whenever he would press into the knot in my belly, I would just uh, cry and like cry, you know, because... I guess it just the knot was that intense. The knot was that tense. Okay, so how did he know there was a knot there? Like, could he feel it? Could he? Did Did you like tell him you had a discomfort there, or was no, it like um, pressure point or something? 
you know, I don't, I can't really speak for his experience, but what he says when he, when I've seen people ask him about this publicly, he's like, I just, I just know, like my body just knows where the, where the thing is that needs to be worked on. Like he just, he takes the medicine with you. Oh, so yeah, that's one part of it is he's taking the medicine with you and you know, he's, done all this work so he doesn't got all the sticky points you do so he's helping you move through it he does he just do a lower dose and just like just enough to sort of vibe with you or maybe i don't i've actually never asked him the details of his practice (laughs) he's not afraid to hit the pipe though you know he's not (laughs) he's not taking micro doses that's for sure that's intense that's cool but um i don't know if he's taking as big of a dose as me okay i don't know um, but yeah, so like the first experience was just <laughs> me going through this, uh, uncomfortable kind of agonizing, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was, I was just like, let's get this over with. I'm, I'm suffering. I'm miserable. Let's just get this over with, you know? <laughs> uh, and the second, and my second experience, uh, I went back to the same guy and it was, a lot of, um, again, a lot of like struggle and uh, release of emotional cries, and but I had a big purge on my second dose, and um, <laughs> it was big. It was good. Uh, like puking? Yeah. Or? Yeah, I like cupped my hands. I tried to catch it in my hands, <laughs> and it was and it was overflowing all oh, no. over the place. It was just running over the edges of my cupped hands, like all over my feet and the floor and everything. He so, didn't have a puke bucket for you? He did. Oh. Yeah, he did, but I but it came too quick. Right. So <laughs> I like scooped I was scooping it into the bucket with my hands afterwards. <laughs> and uh yeah there's also this there's also this thing that a, a lot of people do where they get into their like they're making love with their purge like i was rubbing it i was like massaging the purge into my feet and it was ecstatic it was amazing weird you know yeah like i felt like it just felt so good as soon as it all <laughs> purged out of me as soon as the purge came out of me i was just like oh yes yes and i just started rubbing it into my feet like i couldn't like it was medicine to my cells you know like get in there yes you know that's wild it was kind of yeah it was kind of wild it's like what was the what was it what did it look like (laughs) like was it mine when i purged the first time it was like ultra clear and like it was just very viscous it looked like water except it was like really thick nothing in it no bubbles it just like it kind of confused me but yeah interesting um yeah, no, this time it was actually pretty weird because I uh, I fasted for like five or six hours before the session because okay. um, I knew purging was a huge potential and uh, I it was surprisingly dark and chunky and I was like <laughs> after the purge came out and I was finished rubbing it rubbing it in and <laughs> I was like. How did I, what, I didn't even eat, I haven't eaten for like half the day, like why, what is all this, where did this come from? 
<laughs> you know, I'm kind of like fascinated about the way that like the body moves and processes and manifests energy that, you know, is like as a manifestation of an, like an emotional state and you can see it show up physically. Yeah. You know, and that seems to be one where it's like I obviously had nothing in my digestive system and I just purged a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what Catherine was saying about her ayahuasca. Like, cause she had a, what do you call it? Dieta? Dieta, yeah. Yeah. So, like, she did all that. So she, like, really had nothing in her stomach, but she said she threw up some crazy stuff. Hmm. Yeah. So it must really get some stuff that's just been like clogged up in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. I don't know what it is. Yeah, just like the body's pulling whatever it can to like cleanse the stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but. So was that trip? You said that this one was less visual or not visual at all? Yeah, that that one was not visual at all. It was just feeling. It was just a feeling. Okay. Do you feel like you're in a different dimension or anything? Like, is it like that kind of feeling? That's how it felt in the beginning. Yeah, it felt like I was maybe not in a different dimension, but like falling through different dimensions. Like I'm getting like <laughs> like flashes. Like I'm maybe watching flashes of dimensions go by okay. <laughs> as, I'm, yeah, fall, as not, I'm falling you're not as I'm one. falling through this hyperspace you know okay yeah um, but now nowadays the only visuals I get are maybe some like color patterns like vague color patterns that you know, and it's not even really visual. It's just like a, it's like I'm seeing light in a different way or something, you know? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't get visuals. Nowadays, it's mostly exper uh, experiences of feeling where I'm holding on in my body, feeling where I'm holding tension. Okay. Um, often, often I end up releasing tension that I didn't even know I was holding on to. <laughs> huh. And it you know, it, it comes with all the all the expressions of how uh deeply relieving it is to release that tension, you know? <laughs> like just going through the whole ecstatic like thank you God, <laughs> thank you for releasing that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy how you can sort of live your life not even noticing all that tension, but then as soon as yeah. you sort of relieve it, it's like holy crap! Like how was yeah. I putting up with that? Yeah, why did I do that to myself? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. yeah. How did I do it, and how do I not do it anymore? Yeah, you know, that's the question I always have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do I prevent it in the future? Yeah, and how, do I need to even worry about that at this point after I've released it? Yeah, you know? like, do do I know the process of like relieving it now or something like that? Yeah, right. Um, so have you seen any entities on it then? No, I have not. No. No. Huh. Have you Have you smoked uh, NN? 
Yeah, I have, but I've never, honestly, I've never taken, like, a big, I don't know that I've ever gotten enough to have the experience that everybody talks about having, but I've, I've smoked it, and, um, you know, it's more visual than 5MEO, but it's also not, like, I didn't see entities, it was, like, fractalicious visual. Yeah, okay. It was, like, just, in like, moving geometry, like... <laughs> yeah, geometric yeah. patterns and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I've I've only had maybe a couple of DMP trips where I didn't see entities actually. Really? Yeah. Like even my low doses. Like my there was one time I smoked like a, a big bowl of Jenga and I don't even remember that trip. But then there's like a little bit that didn't get burnt at the end of the bowl. So like when I was done that trip I was like, Oh well I'm not just gonna let it go to waste. So I just took that little hit and I laid down on my side and, you know, closed my eyes and whatnot. And I saw this little, like, 2D yellow transparent lobster, just sort of like, it looked like liquid. It looked like it was just like this layer over liquid. And it was just sort of like floating there and looking at me. And I was like, oh, hey, little guy. And then it's like these other two sort of like appeared behind him and sort of came up and like, put their claws over him sort of like like he was their son or daughter or whatever it felt like a son it felt like a male entity and i was like no no it's all good like we're friendly and whatever and then it the the two are like okay and they sort of like let this other lobster like join me on this like <laughs> little it, it felt like he sort of like attached itself to me and then so i'm like watching it go from like the left of my vision sort of like slowly going to the right and then zooming in and it like morphed into this big it looked like a uh uh what's it called a swan big swan that's like still see-through and i could see all these like moving parts and stuff it looked like like a blimp sort of just like slowly moving to the right of my vision and i could see all this stuff happening on the inside and then when it got to like the head of the swan, there's like this little dude in there just like peddling this weird contraption that was like powering the swan. And it's like just off this little tiny head, I saw all this stuff. It was like, yeah, I've only a couple that I didn't really see something that was like communicating with me. Uh, so interesting. I'm, I'm interested to try this five Mio and, and see. Right? <laughs> Um. <clears throat> yeah, I, I plan to order some here soon. I just never get around to it, really. Yeah. <clears throat> I've been thrown like a paper airplane by one. It was really weird. I was just like sort of floating towards this uh, entity, and he like sort of like looked at me and grabbed me like I was just like this tiny little thing, and he's like wee and threw me, and I just like lid like a paper airplane. It was the weirdest feeling uh -huh. in the world. <laughs> uh, but they don't seem to be as um healing if that makes sense as yours like they're, they're more like a <clears throat> i don't know an intellectual message if that makes sense right the entity thing yeah yeah like, like it's like it's like uh 
an emotional exchange or a, <clears throat> yeah, an intellectual sort of message or something like that. It doesn't feel like it's actually like in my body. I just feel like a euphoric yeah. melty feeling in my body, you know? <clears throat> right. <coughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with that. I don't, it's been a long time since I experienced anything like entities. Um, I guess I had last year I had an ayahuasca journey where some I guess it wasn't even an entity because it was someone I knew that came into my experience and uh, basically gave me permission to like let go of this vomit that I was holding on to you know <laughs> well I don't know I don't know if I'd say that wasn't an entity <clears throat> but it sounds like it definitely could have been or like a a manifestation of like their spirit or something. I don't know. What is an entity? You're right. I guess that's you know a whole other subject to like tear down or tear tear it apart. You yeah. Know, like was it to... was it a physical form? Like you saw him, or did it just feel like? Did it, it was like a vision. Like it, it was like a vision. I was deep in an ayahuasca trance, and I was in the in a um a dark room that was lit by moonlight and I opened my eyes and um, this is someone that I have done five MEO with and I see him sitting cross-legged in the corner, upper corner of the room near the ceiling, like floating in the air above everyone's heads, like up, up by the ceiling. I see him sitting there across the room from me staring at me. Like a legitimate and, hallucination. Yes, like a legitimate hallucination of wow. this guy that I have done sessions with. What and was the, I guess, emotion when you saw it? Like, was there a little bit of, like, fear or something? Or, like, I, I'm just trying to kind of put myself in that situation. No, it was more like, it was like I was surprised to see him there. And I was a little bit confused. I was okay. like, oh, what? Oh, hey. And I, like, looked in his... <laughs> And when I looked, but when I looked at him and centered up with him and I let him and he looked at me and he leans in and looks at me in the eyes and he goes, you know, you can let that go, right? And as soon as he said that, the vision disappeared and I went through this whole like vomiting, <laughs> you know, release the purge, you know, <laughs> like vomiting and crying and stuff like that. So, <laughs> wow. That was the whole experience. It was literally like a five or ten second moment with this guy. Uh, but, you know, yeah, that's, that's like to the extent that my experience of any entities has gone in the last ten years, I think. So that, That's a cool one. I've never had like an open eye, like visual yeah. hallucination. That's, that's crazy. Had lots of yeah, closed eye, was... obviously, but. Yeah, totally. No, it was super <laughs> vivid and real. I was, uh, the world, the whole world was fractals, uh, at that <laughs> point, you know, like, but I could still see the room. I was opening my eyes and I could see everybody, everybody. And, and there's this guy and you tell, tell me to let it go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that you purged right after too. Yeah, yeah. So it, like triggered a reaction within me to like allow a movement to happen, you know. 
That's awesome. How many uh, ayahuasca experiences do you have? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm like 30. Wow. Around 30. How old are you? 32. 32? Okay. I'm 27. Okay. Um, So do you like being in those um, like ceremonies with a bunch of people or do you like I, I like solo tripping because you know then I can just like focus on me you know that's you know I'm trying to heal personal stuff so I, I like just like laying on the couch or like you know cuddling with the old lady or whatever and just sort of like focusing on my stuff and I feel like with having other people around it would definitely change that a little bit How how do you feel about that yeah so that's definitely a factor um like i have you know i my personal preference is having a a an experienced friend do a one-on-one session with me and i just do my session and they're hanging out and watching and offering me water or purge buckets you know <laughs> that's so like is, my is this when it comes to ayahuasca or just any psychedelic? No, any psychedelic really that's like kind of my preferred way to work it's that like alone that solo style but with someone that you know if i can't walk to the bathroom they have to help me <laughs> yeah, for sure. they have to help me figure that out <laughs> but uh <laughs> Anyway, like I don't, um, the ceremony thing, it's sometimes hard to go through your whole process with all these other people. And I had to go through a, a fairly like uh, intense like process within myself. Like, do I want to go do this deep work and with these people in this group setting, in this ceremonial setting, you know? And, um, I decided there was there was a lot of things I was going to get out of it, and uh, part of that is part of that is my resistance to opening up with other people around, you know, because part of that for me was like I'm afraid to really express myself or let it go because there's people that are going to see it, you know, right. <laughs> like there's a part of me that holds on a little bit. You know, even if I don't realize it sometimes, and I later do, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like totally worried about what these other people are going to think or perceive if I'm like, if I have like a total freak out even, you know, in the middle of an ayahuasca ceremony, or like, what if I really need to scream, you know, (laughs) like and burst out in expression. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of a hard thing for me, but I, but I found, uh, some people that I like to work with that are really, I feel really good about going into that space, partially because they have smaller groups. Uh, there was, I never did at that center. I never did a ceremony with more than like six people or something. Okay. And, um, also because they do give space for that stuff. Uh, I talked to them about it and told them before I signed up for the core, for the dieta that like, yeah, so I've been working with these other medicines and they, and now like I get really strong reactions to any of them. 
And so I might get expressive and I don't want to disrupt your ceremonies. And they're like, it's cool. Let's see what happens. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, if you're open-minded about it, then I'm going to let myself go into your, into your work and let it clean me out. You know, I'm, I'm not going to hold back. Yeah. I'm sure they have a lot of that kind of going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another and another thing that really helped is that they have mats uh, that you lay down on on the floor. Okay. They give a lot of space for people to have their own process, more space than some other ceremonial people I've worked with anyway. And so, like, compared to other ayahuasca ceremonies where I've been sitting in a chair during the ceremony, and, like, that's hard for me. So, like, these guys let you lay down and take space and make noise and go through your whole process. And if you are distracting other people, then they might try to guide you to, uh, you know, another part of the, um, or try to get you to come outside of the Maloka maybe. I don't know. Okay. That's, that's pretty much what it was like. It was like, you know, if, if you got to freak out and if you can walk, we'll try to go outside with it. So you're not like right next to people that are, you know, going through their experience. Yeah. Did it help you kind of let go of caring what others thought as much? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would help me anyway, you know, just kind of let go of caring as much. But at the same time, I don't want to disrupt people. Like, that's where I would feel uncomfortable. Right. So I guess I was kind of like, uh, you know, I guess inside I'm kind of like, yeah, well, it's okay to, I'm going to give myself permission to, like, express what needs to be expressed for this process to unfold. But um, I also was kind of like, well, and let's not indulge in any of the uh, (laughs) expressions or reactions, you know? Because that just being around other people makes me more aware, like as if other people are noticing when I'm indulging and it allows me to notice. (laughs) Okay. Right? Yeah, so. Um, Sorry, what what do you mean by indulging? Like just kind of... Like indulging in the energy, like if I start yelling... Because that's what needs to come out. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Okay. And a part, but, but then a part of me is getting something out of the yelling, so I keep doing it even after it's lost its power or something. Okay. You know? Yeah. Just That's what I mean. It's just... Um, Not suppressing your yourself. Well, the opposite of suppressing would be indulging. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so like... If I'm trying not to suppress things, I also want to be aware if I'm swinging too far the other way. And yeah. like, you know, allowing my mind to indulge in things that are not helping its process. Yeah, that's kind of a hard thing to sort of straddle is just because uh, you're so gone, you know, like you'd, you'd be almost in a different dimension sort of thing and you know trying to let go but also you sort of have to 
remain a little bit present so you're not bugging other people um but yeah that's something i'm really interested in trying is uh ayahuasca group session and be guided actually through a trip instead of just like you know doing it all myself and i don't think i would do it at home i don't think i'd ever like find an ayahuasca mm. brew and then just do it at home i feel wrong with that yeah that's a tricky thing <laughs> yeah yeah because there's factors that you don't know well exactly and i mean it's not super prevalent in canada as far as i know i know there's right. like the the aboriginals would do um they would go down to mexico or something and bring up peyote and use that as in their ceremonies mm -hmm. or they would trade with whoever that brought it up or however it worked but so um peyote is technically legal here oh um cool. as long as it's in like the the cacti form like you can't have refined mescaline but you can have like the plant okay um, yeah, they just didn't write it into the, like, they didn't schedule it because they just left it out without any, like, exemptions sort of thing so that people couldn't come in and say, well, uh, like, we use this for this reason. So, like, you know, they didn't want to upset the natives while also not, like, kind of giving a loophole to add other drugs into it sort of thing. Um, but... Yeah, so that might be a little more prevalent here, but I don't think ayahuasca really is. There might be a couple shamans that kind of do some traveling, but I might yeah. have to go down to, to the States or lower, <laughs> somewhere South America. I would like to go to South America. That'd be like do it in the traditional setting. Yeah, that's, you know, there's a power to that. You know, like doing it in the jungle. There's like a power that that has. Yeah, I as imagine far, that, that doing moon, it in the ceremony, like the moon. I'm sure you just felt the energy of as well. Like when you said you're in the that tent. Uh, oh man, with moonlight. <laughs> yeah, the moonlight. The moon was pretty intense. We did one ceremony on a full moon, and it just. I think it might have been the one I was telling you about, but. I remember that ceremony just blowing me open. <laughs> like, I thought I knew, I thought I was experienced with psychedelics at that time. And then I had, and then I had a couple ayahuasca experience that just blew me open, you know? And I was like, okay, I give up. I don't know who I am. I don't know. I give up reality. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> reality, take me away. Teach me the truth. <laughs> yeah. I just want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's super things cool. like that. Sometimes it's difficult, man, <laughs> figuring yourself out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's messy work sometimes. Well, yeah, and I mean, we haven't been provided any guidance to to that sort of stuff. Like, you know, through life, you're sort of just, I don't know, you're in school that's not specific to you at all. Like, you're just sort of getting through the grades. And you might find a sport that you're good at or, you know, find an instrument that you like playing. But it's, it, I don't know. You, you're never taught to be you, really. Right. You know, if that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Yeah. But 
I don't know. It, it, it's it's definitely hard to find yourself. Yeah, the way the world is uh, like organized or set up, it's not promoting the like you know full evolution of the individual. It's not looking at the individual as this like you know super unique special creature of reality <laughs> yeah 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 like learn all these things and then go to school to learn more about it and then like continue on the things that we're already working on sort of thing but like right. i don't know like i feel like there'd be a lot of um a lot of power and just empowering your people and kind of using them to their full potential because that's how we'll like advance is you know not having just the a select few that are able to you know bring their ideas to the table and their inventions and stuff it's it's when we can have like those people that can't afford to bring their ideas to the table or you know just don't have the situation or whatever like it's it's we just got to get everybody contributing yeah and i i think these these psychedelics help with that because they sort of yeah open up your mind let you figure out what you're actually interested in and for me like lsd brings me back to like a childhood state while maturing me at the same time um Mm -hmm. so like i feel like that helps me find who i am and what i like to do because it brings me back to you know being a kid and sort of seeing the beauty and everything instead of like you know, somebody said that was dumb. So I was like, you know, okay, like I can't really do that. Or, you know, just like suppressing things that you liked in the past and then bringing it back and and learning that you like it again. Or, you know, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I lost my train of thought. Oops. (laughs) Maybe like ignoring our natural urges and curiosities, uh, based on yeah what other people think of it or yeah <laughs> what yeah. other people how other people talk about it you know yeah like oh well, never mind i wasn't interested in that i don't want to look like the uncool guy <laughs> yeah. and i wasn't like that really as a kid like i was i sort of liked what i liked and i didn't really care that much but you know there's always those influences or like you sort of don't really talk about this sort of stuff when you're in this group or whatever. And then, you know, then you just forget about what you like eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely learning more about myself lately. Yeah. Still don't know what I want to do, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, uh, what else do you feel like talking about? Do you have any, um mushroom experiences um i don't you know i don't use mushrooms a lot anymore (laughs) honestly (laughs) i uh last time i had any it was last year and i had like five grams and it wasn't enough and i was just like yeah i got stronger medicines (laughs) Uh, so I haven't really been using them, but, um, yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat. Just, it's so hard to consume them and like, yeah, five grams, just maybe if I got a lot better mushrooms or something, I just don't, 
enjoy the trip and don't really get much out of it. Um, but it's definitely really helpful for other people. And I'd like to, you know, have another good deep trip like I used to have, but yeah, I don't know. I'll see what the future holds. Yeah. So that's one thing is, is, um, yeah, the psilocybin initiative, the, um, right now the state of Oregon is, Currently, we, we just passed uh, an initiative. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's an initiative that now it's going to be on the ballot in September, uh, November. We have the opportunity to vote on therapeutic psilocybin um, services to be legalized in the state of Oregon. That's awesome. So that's, that's really cool. That's like a huge step in this whole you know, uh, psychedelic revolution that's happening, right? <laughs> is, uh, being able to go to a guided, a guided, uh, you know, a service that is a guided mushroom experience. So what does that include? Um, is that like just all sorts of therapies? Like, is that going to open up the door to that? Or is it, are they starting with like a, I don't know, end of life terminal illness sort of thing or? Mm-hmm. No, this is, this is, uh, anyone can go to, uh, do a mushroom session for any reason. Really? It doesn't That's matter. awesome. But you have to go through a provider that has been trained by the system that the, the state set up. And, um, <clears throat> uh, basically these people are, you know, certified facilitators and they can do such things as open retreat centers or work okay. at retreat centers um, serving this as a and they call it therapy a therapeutic use but you don't the reason is that because you have to have like a, a contained environment like you have to have like a safe home space like a living room space or like a retreat space you know but the people coming for the journeys anybody can come you don't have to be sick okay that's that's good uh, yeah so that's what we're voting on in november and that's really you know i'm bringing it up because it's really cool and inspiring for me because this is i mean honestly i started feeding my friends mushrooms when i was 16 years old and <laughs> <laughs> i would really really love to do that as like as a job and as my service to reality Mm -hmm. like because i have i think i have a lot of experience and i think i have i'm fairly competent at navigating these experiences and i would love to uh guide other people and be one of you know i'm looking into the facilitator training thing that they're doing for this um for this program that they're uh possibly setting up okay so and what's involved in that and who like does the training like is it actual shamans or like i'm no i think it's gonna be so like i hope they've done it themselves if they're gonna be training people like that's the only thing i'm worried about yeah um so the people that organized this they are therapists themselves psychotherapists 
okay. that are experienced with the mushrooms. Okay. And Perfect. they have, I'm under the impression that they are forming a team of therapists to um, organize with the state of Oregon, with the government, to create the programs. Okay. So, so at the very least, the two people that started the whole thing are experienced there uh, with mushrooms and therapy. Um, and I don't know who their team is. I don't know what, you know, what's all being brought to the table as far as how they're creating the, the training program. Um, but yeah, that sounds cool. So you're, you looked into it, you're doing it now or, I mean, I've, I've, I'm looking into it. It's something that inspires me or, you know, something that I, I see myself doing or right. getting into, yeah, taking that trainer uh, facilitation program and being one of the facilitators. I think that would be sweet. That'd be a great way to spend my life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Helping others yeah. and doing what you love, doing what you're interested yeah. in. Yeah, I, I would love to do the same thing, but with LSD. I just feel like uh -huh. I have a lot more experience with it and, <clears throat> you know, uh, just know it better. And yeah, I feel like the knowledge that I have with it could help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So that, I hope that becomes a, <laughs> a thing as well, but I know, right. We'll see. That might be a little, that might be a little ways off yet. Yeah. But are you, are you aware of, uh, Speaking of, you're, uh, this was uh, in Saskatchewan, I think. They did back in the '50s. They were doing really amazing uh, research with LSD in um, psychiatric wards in Saskatchewan. Yeah, with, I, I uh, think uh, Dr. Humphrey Osmond and what's his name? There's another guy that did it too. Yeah, they. Um, uh, I want to say that that was in like Weyburn or something. I think the town started okay. with a W. Um, okay. I, I haven't looked into it uh, much, but I've I've read a few articles about it, and yeah, it's interesting. I want to go out and check out the uh, the building that they did it in and stuff one day. Yeah, they were they were taking like the most psychotic children that they had and doing high uh, high dose LSD sessions with them. And seeing amazing results, yeah. Like uh, children that went from being basically like catatonic and impossible to communicate with uh, uh, to this this child uh, like going to school, like ending up going to school after a year of LSD psychotherapy. She was like going to classes and stuff. It was awesome. amazing reading about these experiences. Yeah, yeah. I I Just, believe there's lots of power in in LSD like it just it improves cognitive co cognitive function like so much you know maybe not during the 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 actual trip you know like you can't express your thoughts to save your life but um <laughs> yeah it just like allows so much new connection through your whole brain that it makes sense if a kid isn't you know able to make those connections in the brain that like LSD would help uh, those high doses, I, I'm surprised they did high doses, though. That's that's cool. 
Yeah, I mean, not all of them were super high, but yeah, uh, yeah, they were doing like between two and six hundred mics, I think. Wow. Like two hundred was like the lowest dose, I think. Yeah, that's a that's a good dose for a, a normal adult. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to look up, look into all that, and learn some more. Yeah, if you can find you can find articles about it on the Maps website. I know that Gary Fisher, I think that's his name. Gary Fisher. Yeah, that's the guy who conducted some of the <clears throat> experiments. And then it all stopped. Yeah, and then it yeah it got all blown up by the counterculture and then media. So yeah, it makes you wonder what where we'd be at if it wasn't illegal for what 50 years right that's 50 years of stagnation man and And we have to wake up for now (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and it's not like we're just 50 years behind that's like 50 years of you know each year we would be advancing more and more i feel and yeah and now we're just we're we're way behind yeah um, but I don't know, at least we're picking it up. At least, you know, it's, it's coming to the, coming to light now how medicinal and just beneficial it all is. Yeah, for um, sure. It's becoming mainstream. Yeah. 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 Um, and there's a, a guy in Saskatoon here, Thomas Hartle, I think that's how you pronounce it. He, uh, he was the first Canadian to undergo psilocybin in a clinical um, kind of end of life um, situation. Um, he's he just did it not too long ago, just last couple weeks. And um, I, I talked to him actually, and he's going to be on the podcast. And cool. yeah, it's exciting to see that stuff going on in Canada, especially in my hometown. Progress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's great. I wonder if we're going to be seeing the same sort of um, therapy, uh, what am I looking for, possibilities like you, like you guys are having there, where, you know, you don't even have to be sick to, to do it, like almost like preventative measures. That's what I'm hoping right. for. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. I suspect I suspect that British Columbia is uh, like the more progressive. Yeah, for sure. Area that that it would probably go there first. I mean, for us, it's West Coast is transforming really quickly here. You know. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's a lot. BC is doing lots. They've always been kind of ahead of the game with cannabis too they're they've had dispensaries open for years yeah um that's actually where the old lady and i would like to move to take the family out there and i don't know they're more progressive and and stuff it just seems like we'd fit in a bit better yeah well we're at a little over two hours do you have anything else you want to talk about um i want to hear a bit about Growing your cactuses. Do you have lots? Okay. Do I have what? Lots. Like, do you have 
multiple kinds, or do you just stick with the San Pedro? No, I um, right now I just have two San Pedros, but um, you know, it's one of them things where I, the last seven years I've been, or even more, I don't know, I've been living like a pretty uh. Uh, what do you call it, like mobile transient lifestyle. Like I move around a lot. So it's hard for me to like collect (laughs) the plants that I want to collect. I love growing plants and like building gardens and stuff. And, uh, but I haven't been able to like cultivate the the garden that I've always wanted. Um, I've envisioned having a greenhouse full of different cacti all different kinds. And I met someone recently that basically has exactly what I've <laughs> envisioned really? for cactus greenhouse. Yeah. So I'm like super stoked to talk about it and trade some plants. And, but I have, I have two San Pedro's growing right now and each of them, one of them is like 10 years old, but I've cut it a bunch of times. And so it's got all these different, heads on it that are all only like two to three feet tall each and you know i i harvested initially i cut it and harvested and you know i consumed the the medicine out of it uh but like at this point (laughs) i don't i don't really do that anymore i just like to watch them grow because they're really fascinating creatures and one of them right now is growing two new arms and i had one of them bloom years ago when I first got the big one that I have and it the blooms on them are are amazing they're spectacular yeah, and I've seen some pictures of it looks beautiful yeah I mean it's just a really cool plant to have growing so um, I don't really eat mine anymore <laughs> but <laughs> do you have them growing outside yeah I do um, and that's another thing is like in the winter here they don't really like the winters um, being outside. I don't, I live off grid and like with a wood stove. And so like I usually get people to caretake my plants for the winter and uh, the San Pedro's don't grow very well that time of year. So how cold does it get there during the winter? Yeah, it only gets, it gets down to like negative seven celsius okay something like that maybe negative 10 at the most it's definitely frosty for plants yeah it's not too bad not like where i grew up in the midwest where it would get negative 30 fahrenheit (laughs) that's a bit cold (laughs) yeah but um anyway yeah so the the cacti i don't do well here in the winter but well what can you do hey yeah other than i guess put them in a greenhouse but i feel like they still like being in the ground better yeah totally build a greenhouse with natural ground that'd be great i would would freeze though i guess i still yeah unless you like i don't know sanctioned it off somehow yeah you could have a heater it's, it, either way, it'd be better than having it like just outside, I would assume. But, yeah, yeah, I think so. 
but yeah, that's that's something I'd like to start growing. Like my my old lady has plants galore in here, and I would just like to get a little cactus to take care of, maybe a weed plant or two. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I used to cultivate more plants and more psychoactive plants back, like when I had a more stable place to live. I was growing like ayahuasca um, plants. Really. The, the the chacruna, not the vine. I was growing the chacruna. I think I was growing like salvia and like morning glory. I was growing all these psychedelic plants. <laughs> morning glory. You know, I had a little I had a little thing in my closet, a little grow box, yeah, that I built for growing weed, and ended up growing all these other uh, cool plants. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now so, now my favorite. I mean, my garden is based mostly on the the ganja plants that I'm growing yeah. right now currently. Yeah. That's awesome. Um yeah. how many plants do you have? You can you don't have to talk about any of this if you don't want to. I'm not sure if it's legal there you know or not, but Yeah, it is legal. So yeah. I'll just share a little bit, I guess. But um yeah, I mean I have a couple plants, that's all, you know, and they're I don't know. They're um they're not super big. They're not as big as most people grow them, but yeah, I don't know. Still I nice got them in six, plants. Yeah, I got them in sixty-five gallon pots, so smart pots. So nice. They're gonna they're gonna produce really well. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's another thing I want to grow for is just just to have you know just smoke my own stuff once in a while. I don't yeah, really care um, to have a quad A strain that I start growing you know like i can always support other people that are good growers but just be nice to you know put my energy into it and see what the outcome is yeah for sure it's a lot of fun it's one of the most fun plants for me to grow uh, personally i just I, i get a lot of joy out of it and like you get you know you can see the results like the plant grows really fast there's you know it's called weed mm-hmm. it grows like a weed <laughs> <laughs> and it makes it fun to grow when you see the results like daily you know yeah yeah that that makes sense yeah did you uh did you smoke much of the salvia you know i went through a phase with it and i tried to get comfortable with it and i tried to like it <laughs> and i and i did salvia a bunch of times over the years and a bunch in a small amount of time at one point and I just never enjoyed that stuff honestly uh just too intense I always felt like I was being pulled through a taffy puller at um in every in every direction at the same time simultaneously (laughs) Um, and I don't even know how that's possible but that's what my experience with salvia is mostly like, is usually like, it just feels like I'm being torn across reality in every direction at once. And it's so weird. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's, I always hear that it's like a really uncomfortable trip, but yeah. I still want to try it just to experience it. I feel like it's something that I don't know. I, I kind of need to experience at least once. Um, yeah. But it's always scary stories. I I don't know. I, I know one person who likes it better than DMT or has had more like benefit from it than DMT. Um, 
But everybody always says that it's like just really wild and kind of like it's not like DMT where you don't do anything physically, you know, like you sort of just melt and everything's mental. I always hear that like you're either running around or, you know, just freaking out physically as well. <laughs> it's, it seems more common. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend uh, that was sitting on the couch smoking it. Um, this was in the middle of winter in the Midwest. It was super cold and snowy. And he, uh, about 30 seconds into his dose, he just starts stripping all his clothes off and screams, <laughs> I got to get the hell out of here. And he runs out the door and runs down the driveway and is just like running away from something that's not happening. <laughs> and he's got all, he's got it down to his boxers in the middle of the snowy, icy, <laughs> It was hilarious, but, you know, there's also, like, potential danger issues yeah, <laughs> with doing it that uh, frivolously, you know? <laughs> yeah, if there is ever, like, a therapeutic area for Salvia, it'd probably have to be, like, a padded room that's just painted different, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It doesn't look like a padded room, because you never know what you're going to break. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I don't know, I just... It's it's crazy that it up until like I don't know five six maybe seven years ago here it was legal and like just sold at head shops. Yeah, isn't that wild? It's not legal there anymore. Is that right? Yeah, no, it's it's like scheduled now. Yeah, and in um, federally, right? Or like as far as I know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think here it's still by state state by state oh yeah maybe it is here too i i don't know too much about it but all i know is that like my friends i don't know people that i know that were like a little bit younger than me even had tried it and i i, I guess i missed the boat but i wasn't really into like even weed when i was younger like i didn't even start drinking until i was 17 or 18 um mm -hmm. And I, I tried cannabis a few times, you know, as I was growing up. I think I first tried it when I was like, I don't know, 14, just once. Mm. And then again, when I was like 16 and then like 18. But yeah, I wasn't, I was never a, a stoner as a kid or anything, which I'm happy for, you know, at least now my mom uh, sort of accepts it because, you know, I started when I was an adult. So that helps. But yeah. Just in the image of, you know, my parents anyway. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Totally. Uh, I don't know where I'd be if I was actually smoking as a kid. I, th I think I would um, be a lot more skeptical of the system at a younger age and stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. You said you started smoking at 16, right? You're, and you're doing other psychedelics at that age? I started smoking... I mean, I tried cannabis my first time at 15, but I didn't pick it up as a habit until I was 16. Yeah. Or like something that I did at, at all, like on a regular anything. But, yeah. Um, and, then, and then I tried mushrooms for my first time when I was 16, yeah. And, and uh, were you an advocate cool. right off the start? Like, holy shit, this is awesome? Or... Oh, yeah. I mean, I was definitely on the recreational mindset at that point 
but I was stoked. I was like, I found my magic, dude. I was started, I uh, decked up, decked out my room with eye candy, <laughs> and uh, I started inviting friends, and I started inviting groups of friends over to have these group trips in my room. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I mean, not super regularly, but I've been, yeah, that's like a habit I got into was like inviting people over for group trips this weekend you know i got all the eye candy i got new lights i got a new light this week <laughs> come try it out yeah. yeah come try it out come stare at it with me yeah. for a while new yeah. lava lamp get over we'll here <laughs> yeah totally totally that's super i was cool. that guy i was i was like come everyone come eat mushrooms with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah my uh I got a couple of friends that, you know, did it as at that age too and a little bit LSD and stuff. The only thing that sucks is I try to get him to trip with me now and he had experiences as a kid. Well, I, I think they're around 16, 17, whatever. And uh, they did LSD and a few of them started like kind of freaking out. And now buddy that i really want to trip with that i think would have a really good time like he was the first guy that i did mushrooms with like we're really good friends he's super funny and you know we vibe really well and stuff and i really want to trip with him on lsd because i think it'd be just crazy hilarious and he's like a good musician and i i feel like we could jam a little bit together not that i'm a good magician 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 did i say magician the first time musician either way yeah musician and uh yeah, it'd just be fun to, like, jam and stuff, but those past experiences kind of ruined it for him, so. Mm. Um, yeah, that kind of sucks, but. You you didn't have any scary, weird trips as kids? You know, no, my, my first mushroom trip was mind-blowing and positive. <laughs> it was, yeah. like, a whole, it was the most visual I've ever had it. It was entities, alien alien abductions, having conversations with all sorts of inanimate objects. Uh, you know, it was like a classic, like the trippiest trip I've ever had. You know, like that's awesome. Being in a complete bizarro world, like alien, oh, the plants were coming to life and everything. You know. Yeah. And uh, it just opened me up and you know uh but i never had i didn't and then it was recreational for a long time uh but then then when i got into using it as medicine like a few years or like a handful of years later i had some acid trips that were really really i would say bad <laughs> i mean i didn't freak out i didn't like you know I didn't like jump out of a three-story building or anything like that. I mean, Thankfully. shit like that ha happens. I had a friend that did a swan dive off a cliff because he was so high on acid, and he had to go to the emergency room and what? stuff. Like, uh, obviously into water, I'm guessing. And no, this was what? into bushes. Oh, this was Jesus. like off, off of a rock cliff face into some bushes. And he was so high that he like actually did a swan dive off of it. I can fly. That's yeah, rough. that's scary. He stopped doing acid after that. I would. Uh, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, but well, no, he still okay, likes. Though. He still likes mushrooms, though. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. 
but I had some bad trips when I started doing acid and mostly the bad trips were my mind totally messing with me. Like, like I thought that I had taken something I didn't intend to take or like maybe I took too much and I just got super paranoid and thought I was dying and started trying to do all sorts of things to like make sure that I wasn't dying and <laughs> like even considered bringing myself to the hospital at one point and you know this was also like before I processed the trauma of choking and right. almost dying you know that yeah, so I ended up going through that whole healing process after that. But I had some acid trips where I like really was on the outside. I probably looked fine, but inside I was freaking out so bad. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to the hospital. I'm I'm just I don't know what I did. I took too much. <laughs> <laughs> but you never I never it was all paranoia. Yeah. You know, every, every time all I did, the only thing that there was to do is, is surrender yeah. to the way I feel, to the way I feel. And, um, it all just dissipated, you know, that's the whole thing with acid. It's just, you have to ride it, you know, like, uh, as soon as you start to control it, that's where it gets a little, little scary. Like, I, um, <clears throat> two or three trips ago, I did, um 10 tabs and it hit me way harder than it never did in the past and you know those covers on pools um like the in-ground pools it's just like the fabric or whatever cover and like Mm -hmm. there's people that and like animals that die from like you know stepping onto it and then just like sinking and you can't really get out because it just like folds around you yeah yeah um, it felt like I kind of stepped on one of those in my mind and I just kept like sinking into different layers of like that fabric sort of stuff. And I just like, I sort of started panicking and, you know, in my mind and my body and stuff. And then I was like, I just like, you like this, you, you know, like this is what you're here for sort of thing. And I just had to like sort of. I don't know, accept it and just get back into the flow of it. Cause I felt like it was sort of like pulling me out of this like comfortable zone. And I just had to sort of like center again. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I wasn't experienced shit, I would have been gone and freaking out. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just takes your mind on a, on a trip loops, thought loops are crazy on it. Yeah. And, and, one of the things is it just uh, yeah that that loop of paranoia like like breaking yourself out of that that feedback loop of paranoia is difficult sometimes you know you went a little quiet there oh I was just saying that um breaking yourself out of that feedback loop of paranoia oh, can yeah. be really really yeah. difficult yeah yeah because like you know, sometimes you get paranoid on weed, but acid is well. <laughs> it's a whole different yeah. level. Acid it's, is a whole different level. Like a yeah. universal paranoia. Yeah. Yeah, it's like cosmic paranoia sometimes. Yeah. Like I just experienced paranoia of the whole universe and I <laughs> let it go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, the uh the hardest trip I ever had was 
um, I was on, I don't know how much LSD, probably four, five, six tabs. I don't exactly remember how much I was doing at the time. But I did that, and on the come down, I was doing DMT. And so what I did was I packed uh, my bong with the changa, and then I had my vape pen with some NN in it. And that was just sort of my top up if I didn't get kind of, if I didn't break through with the the changa. So I uh, <clears throat> I did the changa and I laid down and like it was good. I I saw like these big, um, I don't even know what to call them. Like they look like huge sort of dinosaur things kind of in the distance on one side of my vision. And it's like they're, uh, it was a big line of them and they're all walking like in sync. And it's like, they're just sort of walking. And like, I was like, okay, like this is cool, but I don't like, I'm not really seeing anything other than that. And like, there's, there's no messages coming through or anything. So like, I'm going to hit that pen. So I opened my eyes and it looked like all the plants and like just the energy in the room was like shaking its head at me, like saying, don't do it. It's like, I'm, I'm going to do it. (laughs) And as soon as I took the pull on that, that vape pen, it's like this big exclamation mark started like flashing in front of my eyes and like big red exclamation marks started flashing. And then this entity popped up and it started shaking its finger at me. It's like, you didn't learn your lesson. You're in this loop until you learn your lesson. I was like, uh, what? And then the exclamation mark turned to a turn from red and it turned to like a green infinite logo. And it's like, these walls came around my room and it's like, it shot me into this different dimension then I like I panicked and I stood up and I knocked over my bong and then it's like what the fuck and then all of a sudden I was back in the couch and I panicked again and I stood up and knocked over my bong and it's just like this infinite loop I was like oh my god I gotta go get my girlfriend and then poof I was back in the in the chair in the couch and like I looked over at the dog and he was just frozen there I was like I broke my brain I'm like my girlfriend's gonna wake up and I'm just gonna be this comatose pile of fucking flesh on the on the couch i was gone man like i and then trying to clean up a spilt bong while you're coming down from dmt and acid Whew. It, uh, i'm a little traumatized by it <laughs> i've only done it a couple times since but i just have to get past that you know like that's that's just i have to accept that it's not going to be like that again probably yeah yeah you know but it's still like it definitely humbled me and um i mean i always respected it but now it's like a deep like you know only go in when you really need something sort of thing but some people do it like crazy like i i one of my friends says he has a friend that does it like a, a gram a week or a couple grams a week wow and that's a lot like i've had a gram for months yeah yeah so i don't know he's that that dude's pretty crazy though and kind of doesn't do it for the same reasons okay yeah that's what i wonder is like why what are people getting out of it why are people doing it yeah they're doing it that much i mean because you can there's a point where it becomes indulgent and Mm -hmm. you're not you're not getting anything out of it it's fun and fun is valid too but you know (laughs) it's different yeah because you're definitely not taking back any knowledge you know like right i can see 
spending maybe a week or so sort of not binging it, but, you know, getting used to it and Mm -hmm. just sort of developing a bond with it and, you know, stuff like that so that you can get deeper without um, freaking out or, you know, like so you can bring more back with it. And that's kind of what I'd like to do one day is just sort of like have a good day of, you know, just bonding with the, the molecule and learning more about it. Um, but there's definitely a point where it's like, what are you even doing? Like, you're just fiending now. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the ways, I think a way to, like, make great use out of medicine work is actually to kind of, like, the format that I take uh, do my ayahuasca retreats and like when I go to Peru and do a dieta I'm you know say I do a two week dieta and I do ayahuasca every other day the depth that I go to is so much more profound than doing an ayahuasca session once a weekend here in the states or something you know mm-hmm. or or even like once a month um you know like like choosing a time where you're going to do that every do your medicine every day or every other day for a short amount of time where you can focus on going really deep and cut out the distractions from your regular schedule like yeah you know having some days where you don't have to think about a schedule and that you can go as deep as you want into the work that you need to go into and you know i mean i would suggest if you're going that deep to you know have a a guide of some sort mm-hmm. or uh, at least someone to check in with you if you're conducting a solo thing but <clears throat> you know yeah i was just... doing solo for a while and i don't know after that trip i'm sort of weird about it i like to have somebody there oh yeah yeah, I like to, honestly, if I'm doing something that is long-acting, I usually tell a friend that I'm doing it, and yeah. then so that she knows, like, like, hey, if I don't answer my phone tomorrow by tomorrow morning, you should probably come looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's what I do with solo journeys, at least if they're long long-acting medicines yeah i've always got my old lady here like she whether or not she's like present in the room like usually she goes she'll go to bed at like i don't know 12 and i start tripping around 9 30 10 so i still have quite a few hours just by myself and yeah it uh it helps just knowing that she's upstairs you know like if i was all by myself it would be a lot harder um Especially because I watch some pretty creepy shows sometimes. Like I'm, I'm watching a, a show on Netflix called Cursed. Yeah. And it's like, a, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's a kind of medieval, I guess. It, it goes back to um, Merlin and you know the the sword of the first kings or whatever. And um, yeah, I, I just like stuff, anything to do with Merlin, really and magic but mm-hmm. uh I, yeah i turned on a couple episodes uh two nights ago and 
there's a really creepy part with death that came on and it's like just this cloaked figure with like a partial skull but you can sort of see like the the tendons and sort of like rotting flesh and stuff on it it was like whoa i hope this scene is over pretty quick mm-hmm. um but yeah if she wasn't up there i feel like the energy would just switch really fast yeah yeah but it's also lsd so it's kind of easier to get out of those negative um energies if that makes sense yeah. right Maybe I should just stop watching those creepy shows while I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, it's, I don't know, there's really good CGI and the story's really cool. And I don't know. I can handle yeah. it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be one show that I watch that just creeps me out, but we'll see. We'll see. I guess if you uh, don't feel like it's too sticky for you. No, uh, I feel like I'm pretty positive and sort of can get out of it. Yeah. But it's not like I intentionally watch like horror movies or stuff like that. Some people do, and that's that's crazy. I don't know how they enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, my mind is, I can't do the even aggressive energies when I'm tripping too much. Yeah. <laughs> Like a John Wick sort of movie or something. Do you do you watch movies or anything while you trip? Uh, sometimes. Or Not music usually. Or... Usually, I I like to listen to music. Yeah, I like to really get absorbed into some good music. Like put some headphones on and just become the music. You yeah. know, for a while. For a while, like just. And a friend of mine has this like art. Uh, it's like a poetry art recording turned into like music, spoken word, poetry, okay. he, and, and like he turned it into this whole like piece of art. And it's I just love to melt into that when I'm tripping. It's so That's fun. awesome. And Is it on YouTube or anything? Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe I'll get you to send yeah. me a link to it. I'll check it out next trip. Yeah, I can do that. It's actually uh, like. What's it called? Speaking of the non-dual, uh, by Martin Ball. He has a he put it on YouTube. I think it's a really amazing thing to just uh, absorb into. You know, whether you're, I guess, you know, whether you high or not. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh... That's, a, that's one that I like listening to. Because, yeah. <laughs> I I have tinnitus like a ringing in my ear that I've been working on with LSD. So it's, it's hard to just like sit back and rela- and like listen to music. So I've always got that like little ringing in the ear and I just can't get into it. You know what I mean? And just relax and listen to it and stuff. I sort of need a, I don't know, a little visual stimulation as well. Um, but once I'm done, like I'm really close to fixing what's causing the ringing. So I'm, and I, uh, <clears throat> during my trips, I get these little like moments of clarity because it's when I trip and like hear this ringing and feel the pain, it's almost like a, almost like trying to watch a movie on a phone with like the glass broken, you know, mm-hmm. like a big, mm-hmm. like a chip in the corner. And then it's just spider webbed across. Like you can still yeah. watch it. It's just, it's like, it's not clear and it's like very distracting and stuff like that. But there's times yeah. where it's like, I'm looking at the phone with like a 
clear like a brand new screen and then it sort of goes back to like being broken after like i sort of focus on the ringing again but i'm so excited just to like have a trip where it's just like clear and i Mm. can like relax like it's just it's really motivating to just get this healing done Mm. yeah yeah that's nice yeah one day because like i'm at the point where i don't even enjoy tripping right now so painful. oh yeah yeah so is there out, a lot of working out a lot of muscles in my jaw and my ear and it just like when i open my jaw a certain way it just like pops and it really hurts in the ear and then it's like fine in that spot and then that sort of where it will pop is in a different spot and it's it's just like relieving wow. a bunch of um congestion out of like a small area it seems like like i'm pulling all that congestion out of like this little pinhole it's just yeah. really slow uh, interesting yeah i don't know it is what it is it'll go away soon <laughs> yeah <laughs> um anything else you want to talk about we got 242 right now two hours 42 minutes um yeah no i don't i don't know anything else off the top of my head um we can yeah, always do I, another uh another episode if we have more stuff we want to talk about yeah that's fair enough i can't think of uh what else i want to share right now so yeah, that's cool i appreciate you being on here it was a good good conversation yeah totally thanks for inviting me of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like doing this. Like it's been a long time since I really talked to anybody and and uh I mean we, we didn't really stay on any particular topic too long, but like it, it's good. Like you don't often have a chance to talk about this sort of stuff, so I like doing it. Right. Yeah, and I love doing it too because uh, I think these conversations are worth normalizing. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, like the, we're having like an intelligent conversation about, you know, stuff we use to yeah. heal. It's not like we're like, yeah. man, I got so high last weekend. I puke. Yeah. I mean, we are talking about puking from being super high, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a little more mature than that. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, I love meeting people like you and like all the other guests. Like it's it's just something that I wouldn't have done otherwise, so. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love doing this. I'm, Excited I'm for our curious. next talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, how long have you been doing the podcast? Uh, I think I started it in May. Okay. And like I, I've been working a lot lately. I I started it when I was doing a two on one off schedule. So like work two weeks, have a week off. Yeah. So within that week. I could get like, you know, uh, somebody to talk to on Tuesday and then somebody might be available on Thursday and then a couple of people on the weekend. And I'd be able to get like a couple uh, conversations recorded for to like to put out during my two weeks on. And uh, mm-hmm. now we switch to an 11 and three. So we're working. We only have three days off. Um, so <laughs> it's a lot harder to mm-hmm. find the time, especially if my girlfriend's working. Then I have our kid to take care of and and all that stuff. So it's it's a little more complicated. It helps when someone like you has a nice open schedule and we can figure it out. Um, yeah, cool. But yeah, I, I really appreciate this. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
sharing your experiences and whatnot. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm interested in a five meal. I really want to check that out soon. Yeah, cool. Well, um, it's something that I am. I love talking about it. Yeah. So, um, well, I'll yeah. let you know when I uh, when I come into contact with some and try it, and maybe we'll have another conversation about it. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> All right, awesome, man. Thanks so much, and uh, have a, have a good day. Weather's still nice out there. Yeah, totally. Weather yeah. is beautiful. Awesome. Yep. Super nice. All right, man. Well, um, it was super good to talk to you. Yeah, for sure, man. You have a good rest yeah. of your day. You too. Have a good one. All right. Peace out, dude. And that concludes the episode with Nick Clemmer. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show and check out all the conversations with the awesome guests we've had in the past. If you have anything you'd like to share on the podcast, email me at twotemplespodcast at gmail.com or send a message on Facebook or Instagram. The best way to support Two Temples is by sharing the show with friends and on social media. Thanks, Nick, for sharing your story, and thank you for listening. Ciao for now.